Welcome to episode 94 of the Juicebox Podcast. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Dexcom, makers of the G5 Mobile Continuous Glucose Monitoring System, a favorite around here, and we're also sponsored today by Omnipod, the world's only tubeless insulin pump. The insulin pump Arden has been using since she was four years old. All right, let's get to the show. Jonathan. Yeah, how's it going, Scott? Good, good. How are you? Good. Can you hear me fine? Uh, actually, I can. You sound great. Good. Um, we just sort of jump in, so... Uh, yeah, well, I mean... If you're good to go, just introduce yourself and we start talking. Yeah, so uh, my name is Jonathan Bush uh, from uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm a recently a, a type 1 diabetic as of... Uh, April uh, 2016, so going on like five months with this, or, or almost six now. And um, yeah, I'm married, I have two kids, and uh, and uh, just working my way through it. How old are you? Uh, 32. 32. Okay, you're married, you have a couple of kids. Two kids? Three kids? Two. Yeah, two. I got two yeah, boys. Yeah, we got three would be. I don't know how you would have handled that by the time. I don't even know how you make that many babies by the time you're in your early thirties. But, uh, but, but so any indication this could happen in your life? Do you have, uh, endocrine issues in your family? Anyone else have type one diabetes, anything like that at all? Uh, no. So I have, I've got two, uh, relatives that have had type two. I had a grand paternal grandfather that had type two, uh, and a paternal uncle that had type two. Um, but they were both, they were both obese um, when they got their diagnosis. So okay, and so okay, so there's nothing like it, it, it didn't loom over you. You didn't imagine it, it could possibly happen. It must have been, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but pretty shocking. Yeah, it was definitely a surprise. Um, you know, I've I, uh, I always used to give my wife uh, a lot of hell because I was always the uh, the healthy one in the family and. Uh, you know, kids would get sick and, you know, she would get sick and, and I'd always, I'd always be the one walking away unscathed. And I used to, used to brag about how good my immune system was. And, uh, apparently it was a little bit too good. I was going to say a little too good. <laughs> you, got, you got sick one time and it just started killing everything, huh? Yeah. 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 yeah so good. It's so, so good. It wiped out my own pancreas. Yeah. No kidding. That's, that's really interesting. I, uh, I, and so when it happens, would you describe, for me, I mean, how it impacts you kind of emotionally? Yeah, you know, it's, um, I've always, I'm, I'm one of those people that uh, I'm either kind of all or nothing on something. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I don't, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm an engineer by, by trade. Um, so maybe I don't, I don't have a whole lot of emotions sometimes. <laughs> um, I just kind of go at something and, you know, I kind of, I get my diagnosis. And so that's, this is what you got. I said, okay, let's, let's, let's take it. Let's, let's handle it. And so I've just kind of gone full bore. I was going to say you really have, because you're talking about having diabetes for less than six months. Your A1C at diagnosis was 11.7, .7, but it's under six now. Yeah. 5.8. Yeah. How did you do that? Uh, a lot of research, uh, a lot of hard work, um, discipline and, uh, 
you know, a lot of that research involves listening to the Juice Box podcast. Uh, your the information on your podcast is absolutely invaluable. Oh, that's very kind of you. Thank you. I was look. Oh. Jeez, I didn't expect you to say that, Jonathan. But uh, but thank you very much. I was I I guess what I meant was more specifically, like is there is there tools in your box that that are go to that have to be followed every day, or things spin out of control? Like are there? I mean, are you eating? You're not eating like dust off the countertop. Obviously, you're, you're eating a fairly regular diet and. Yeah, so you know when it started off, I had lost fifteen to twenty pounds, which for me is is pretty drastic. Okay. So I'm. Uh, I'm six foot four and like uh, 175 pounds. So I'm a real slender guy. And so me losing that much weight was, was quite a bit. So I started off right away just trying to uh, put that weight back on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I was on the, you know, 3000 to 3,300 calorie a day diet. And my uh, dietitian was trying to, she was having me on a 30, 30, 30 diet. So 30% calories from fat and 30% from protein, 30% from carbs. So that ends up being, you know, well over 200 carbs a day. Wow. Um, so I was just, I had to be pretty wise about what carbs I was, you know, eating, um, and making sure they were all pretty low glycemic index. And, but you know, it wasn't, it didn't end up being too much of a problem. And, and, you know, let's be honest here. I'm also still in my honeymoon phase. Mm-hmm. So my pancreas still helps me out a little bit. Okay. Um, you know, it's funny. You said, you said about how much weight you lost is the, it was the weight loss. What made you go to the phys- a doctor or what, what got you yeah. to the doctor? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I was, I'd, I'd spent the entire month of March waking up every night with, uh, leg cramps and like this, this muscle just on the outside of your calf was what was cramping up every single night. Uh, it's, it's called the tibialis anterior. And it's a muscle that's like nearly impossible to stretch. So I'd wake up just at excruciating cramps every night and I'd be thirsty. And so I would drink a lot of water and then I'd be, and so I'd be urinating a lot. And so I was like, well, yeah, of course I'm urinating a lot. I'm drinking so much water. Yeah. And that was just kind of my rationale. And so I went about two weeks through that. And then I called, um, there's a, uh, a call-in doctor service that we have through my insurance at work called Teladoc. And so I, I called in and just kind of described my symptoms. And she said, oh, it's probably a vitamin D deficiency. You you know, take a vitamin D supplement. And if nothing's changed in two weeks, then, you know, you know, give us a call back or you probably need to have some blood work run. So I said, okay. So started taking vitamin D. Nothing was changing. Um, so two more weeks in, uh, I finally call on a Thursday to get a doctor's appointment. I didn't have a primary care, so I called to get a doctor's appointment at this urgent care place that uh, also does Johnson, some primary care. Why would yeah. you need a doctor? You had a super immune system and you were never, you were never <laughs> sick. And so exactly. You wouldn't need a yeah. doctor. You're the only one in the world that doesn't need a doctor. Actually, I feel the same way sometimes. My family gets sick all around me and I'm sort of like, like the worst I'll get sick is, you know, like around nine o'clock at night, if everyone's ill, I might say to my wife, like, I, I should go to bed earlier tonight. And then I go to bed early. And when I wake up, I feel fine again. It's, it's like the extent of me getting ill. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. Similar, that's, right. that's how I was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you and, know, uh, before we get back to ahead. it though, it's a great, it's a great opportunity to tell people this, that, you know, you said, you know, you always thought of yourself as very healthy. You, you are very healthy and you still are very healthy. You just have type one diabetes now, like the two things don't really intersect, honestly. You, you, right. You, you know what I mean? It's a, I mean, they could eventually, you could get some sort of long-term, you know, complications. But at the moment, 
you you can be a perfectly healthy person who happens to have type one diabetes. So I hope people think of themselves that way. Yeah, and and I still do. I, I really do. I mean, I'm so far I've been very fortunate. I haven't had to deal with any uh, any of the frustrations uh, at this point of getting sick while having type one diabetes. Yeah. I've I've remained pretty healthy over the entire uh, this entire last six months. So okay, I'm sorry. So I cut you off. See, so, I'm sorry. You went to the doctor. You had to find a physician to go to, and and what happened? Yeah, so also I called on a Thursday and I booked it for a following Wednesday and then but the next morning, uh, so where I work we have casual Fridays, so I put on my favorite pair of jeans and you know everybody knows how their your favorite pair of jeans they fit just right. Right. So I put on my jeans and I was getting ready to leave for work and I was like these things are about to fall off. And so I went and I told my wife and she's like yeah she's like yeah that's kind of crazy and so I weighed myself and I had lost you know somewhere between fifteen and twenty pounds over the last two months, somewhere in that time frame, wow. and which is strange for me because I don't, I've been the same weight since I graduated high school, okay, uh, more or less. And so, so I called uh, that teledoc service and it's, it's pretty interesting. The guy uh, that I talked to, he actually had a son with uh, type one. And so he diagnosed me over the phone. He said, I think you've got type one diabetes. That easy, huh? And, okay. and I, yeah, and I told him, I said, that's what I keep finding whenever I look stuff up. But it's, you know, it just seems so strange to me. And he's like, yeah, you need to go be seen today. So I go to this urgent care place and I get in there. My wife meets me there because she's concerned as well. And and uh, I get in and I'm explaining all my symptoms. And I said, you know, and I, I think it could be type 1 diabetes or, or just diabetes, I think is probably what I said at that point in time because yeah. I, I was clueless really sure. about the difference. Yeah, um, and, uh, and she goes, well, you know, it could be. Um, it could be a lot of things. It could be cancer. Uh, it could be. And, and I was like, oh, okay. You know, um, great. And You've so lost 15 like, pounds. It's possible your leg's been amputated and you don't really realize it. I, there's so many horrible things that could be wrong with you right now. Why don't we find out together? What a bedside right. manner, huh? That's great. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She's She goes down as, and the books is my least favorite doctor. Um, but... Anyway, she's like, well, we'll draw some blood. And uh, you have an appointment for this following Wednesday, so we'll draw some blood, and we'll go over the results whenever you come back in on Wednesday. And I was like, um, okay, well, do I need to make any lifestyle changes in the meantime? Do I need to – I mean, because my wife and I had, were hosting a, uh, a beer tasting for some friends at a local restaurant that night. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so we're having a beer tasting tonight. Can I – can I do that? And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, as long as it's within moderation, you know, she, everything's fine. She was thinking, oh, you're dead anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lovely woman. <laughs> darn darn near by the end of it, yeah. And so, so you know, I, I would go to this beer tasting thing and, I, you know, let's – I'll be honest. I threw the in moderation out the window. Um, but, you know, had a – bacon blue cheeseburger with my meal and sweet potato fries and, you know, a hefty amount of beer. And, and, uh, my father-in-law was watching our kids, uh, that night. And mm-hmm. so the next morning I went to go pick him up and, uh, and he's a, he was a, he's a pre-diabetic. Um, and he was having, so he had a, a blood glucose meter and I go, I said, Hey, let me just test my blood sugar. Can I borrow your meter or whatever? And, and he said, yeah, sure. And so, I take it and my I'm three fifty six, I think it was. Okay. And I was like he's like, wash your hands and 
really well. And let's try that again. And so I do it. And again, I'm 350. We're not able to wash yeah. the diabetes off your hands, I guess. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, it didn't work. Um, and so he goes, he's like, yeah, you know, he's been to some education and support groups and whatnot. And he's like, yeah, yeah anybody that I've met that has that is on a lot of medicine. And I was like, really? So... So uh, I called that urgent care place up and I said, you need to see me again right now. Yeah. And so I called and I went over there and I saw a different doctor this time. And Good for you. <laughs> and she was like, well, um, she's like, well, you're, let's, let's go ahead and take your blood sugar. So- we'll get back to Jonathan in a minute. But first, how about an ad? Recently, Johnson & Johnson, the makers of the Animus insulin pumps, have stated that they are evaluating their strategic opportunities for their diabetes business, which does not sound hopeful. Also, in recent news, Roche Diabetes Care has said that they will no longer be proactively upgrading or acquiring new pump patients in the United States. Quite honestly, if the insulin pump company that made my daughter's insulin pump made statements like that, I would feel anxiety. Omnipod wants you to know that they are in it for the long haul. They are here for people living with type 1 diabetes. They are committed to making quality insulin pumps that that can make your life better. And right now they have a program for qualified Animus and Roche pump users. And so if you're thinking of changing from your Animus or Roche pump and you want to go to the Omnipod right now, until June, Omnipod is going to offer you a free PDM, personal diabetes manager, and a free box of pods. So... You know, if you're thinking of switching, now's the time. If you're coming from a different pump company, Omnipod still has their no tubes attached program. So the best way to get started is go to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box and try out a free demo pod. They're no obligation and they don't cost anything. Then you'll get a demonstration pod in the mail and you'll you know, be able to decide is this something I really want. And if you want it and you're a qualified Animus or Roche user currently, well, then you're going to get the, the lovely goodness of a free PDM and a free box of pods. And if you're coming from another pump company, ask about the No Tubes Attached program. I mean, listen, win-win here. I'm hearing a lot of good things. MyOmnipod.com forward slash juice box. As most of you may know, my daughter Arden uses the Dexcom G5 continuous glucose monitoring system that tracks her glucose levels throughout the day and night, notifying her of highs and lows so she can take action. But that's not all it does. Dexcom also has a share feature, so Arden can have up to five loved ones, like her mom and I, track her numbers in real time. No matter where Arden is or what she's doing, she always has backup. Now, if that kind of peace of mind seems like something that you'd like to know more about, I think you should go to www.dexcom.com forward slash juice box or click on the link in your show notes. Here comes the disclaimer. Keep in mind, CGM-based treatment requires finger sticks for calibration. May result in hypoglycemia. If calibration not performed or symptoms expectations do not match CGM readings, contact Dexcom toll-free at 877-339-2664 for detailed indications for use, uh, for detailed indications for use and safety information. Mostly just go to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. So this time they actually, you know, did a 50 cent test strip on me, you know, about the cheapest test you can do in diagnosis. And, uh, and it was again in the three fifties and, and then they're like, Oh, your blood works back from yesterday. You were, you were three ninety nine yesterday. And, 
And so, but, but this doctor, you know, while she at least diagnoses me with diabetes <laughs> at that meeting, she doesn't, she doesn't know if it's type one or type two. She just says, you know, it looks like you probably have diabetes. And so I want to give you a prescription for insulin and, um, and, uh, you know, go ahead and take 15 units of this or take, I think she did actually told me to take five units right away when I got the prescription and then take another 10 units at bedtime and then 15 every night thereafter. And I said, okay. And she said, if your blood sugar doesn't go down um, by, I think she said by 50 points, you know, 50 milligrams per deciliter uh, within two hours or no, within one hour, uh, you probably need to go to the ER and, what she had given me a prescription for Lantus, and expected so, your blood sugar to go down in an hour. In an hour, but it's, it, it hasn't even started acting in an hour. Which which um which fast food restaurant uh is this doctor's office attached to? Which one did you where, where did you uh where, where did you find this place? Tell me about it, right? <laughs> and good. so so I I won't be frequenting there anymore. Uh, but and so you know I it's funny I we we left there and. I went to get my uh, prescription and it took like two hours because they botched the prescriptions at the doctor's office. And I get out of there and I immediately have to go coach my four-year-old's uh, soccer game. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do my first injection. Uh, I'd look up a video on YouTube, how to give it an injection with a pen. And she didn't help give you my, with that either? Nothing? No, no, not at all. <laughs> and they, she forgot, she didn't even write a prescription for pen needles. So I, I got pinned, and, and, then I, and I, as I was checking out, I was like, so how do I inject these? There's no needles. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, you probably need those. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in the car, and i in the car parking, in the parking lot of the soccer field. I give myself my first injection, and then I go out and I coach my soccer game. And, uh, you know, come back. So it's really been two hours later, and my blood sugar is still above 300 and something. It hadn't, it hadn't dropped really at all. Sure. And I was like, I don't want to go to the emergency room. You know, that seems stupid. I don't want to do that. And so I started looking more stuff up. My wife's researching it. My sister is texting me and my wife. And, and you know, she brings up ketones. And I was like, what are ketones? So I started looking up ketones. And and uh, and so I was like, I was like, oh, apparently there's strips you can go buy anywhere. So I was like, well, I'll go up to Walmart. Uh, so I got in the car. This is at like 10 o'clock at night. And I drive up to Walmart, buy some keto sticks, come back, do those, and they're maxed out. You know, it doesn't go any higher on the color chart. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's bad. How about an eggplant color, maybe, on, you know, on those? <laughs> exactly, yeah, right, right. Right, right. And I was like, that's that's not good. I, I mean, this, that says that that's bad. <laughs> so, <and laughs> I don't so know I was, anything about this, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah but, but everything I read says... That's really bad for me. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, well, I guess I'll go to the ER. And at this point, you know, the kids are in bed and my wife, had, she was having some back pain. So she had taken uh, she had taken some Tylenol PM. And my wife, if she takes Benadryl or Tylenol PM or anything like that, she's just dead to the world. Okay. So she's like, well, I'm coming with you. And I was like, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll be in a wheelchair before me if you go <laughs> stay, <laughs> so, at ho- stay at home and sleep through taking care of the kids <laughs> exactly and so i was like well i'll go i'll just drive myself up there so i got in the car and i drove myself up to the emergency room and and uh, i checked myself in and i go yeah i think i might be i just got diagnosed with diabetes today i think maybe i'm in uh 
diabetic ketoacidosis. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure I butchered the name at that point in time. Uh, and there's like, come with me. <laughs> and so they immediately take me back and, you know, they're taking blood and urine samples and everything else within like 10 minutes. And then they're, they got me back in the ER and, and, uh, anyway, so I, I started talking to the hospitalist there and, and he was, he, he this is on a Saturday night, you know, at midnight now. And, and he's like, look, you seem like a smart guy. You seem like you know what you're talking about. I can give you prescriptions for a fast acting and give you a sliding scale and a, enough information to help you but not kill you. And and you can learn the rest and get into a, a primary care and an endocrinologist. Or I can admit you and you'll get some really bad education from because it's the weekend. Right. <laughs> and you'll probably be here until like Monday or Tuesday. And I was like, oh, no way. I'm, <laughs> I said, get me out of here. So he gave, I walked out of there like four and a half hours after checking in with a prescription for Humalog, went and filled that and went home and went to bed. Wow. And, uh, and that, that's, that's how I got diagnosed. That's insane. You, you, your story with, with, if we removed a few words, could be a storyline on the walking dead, like a guy post-apocalyptically that finds out that he has type one figures out he has type one diabetes on his own, then figures out, you know, without the internet, how to take care of it. And I mean, like, seriously, no one helped you. You just, you were thrown into something completely new, completely different. And no one helped you besides telling you, you have diabetes. And then the the biggest piece of help you actually get is the ER doctor telling you, look, don't get, don't come into this hospital. It'll be worse. And (laughs) you you know what I I mean? That's a lot of honesty from the doctor, by the way. Don't, 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 don't get it here. Figure it out somewhere else. So I have to ask, did you actually find an endocrinologist that's helpful or is everything you've accomplished in these last six months self-taught? So I, I would definitely say that everything's been self-taught. I do have a really good endocrinologist, but, uh, because he's really good, it took a while to get into him. Um, so it was actually 40 days after being diagnosed that I got into the endocrinologist. Um, and I did get into a primary care within about a week, but otherwise, yeah, it was all self-taught. self-taught. And how did you make out in that those forty days? Were you where were you be able to keep your blood sugars? Um, in those forty days, oh, yeah. uh, really well, yeah. Okay. So I was keeping, uh, I was all my, you know, I was just doing finger sticks back then. So all my pre meals were sub one twenty, and my, you know, four hour post meals were sub one forty. So are you like literally like on the Eli Lilly website reading about Humalog? Or, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I I just you know like I said I I got I go full bore and so I I was researching it everywhere. I came across your podcast at, you know within the first week I think, um, and then just all the other different things out there in the diabetic community. Um, well, here's an opportunity and, for everybody who's coming into the podcast later, I guess. What what first helped you about listening to other people talk about their diabetes? What part of it got your mind straight and what you wanted to accomplish? And then at what part, what what became good advice? I hear a lot of people talk about uh, an early episode about being bold with insulin being really helpful, but I'm interested to hear it from you. Yeah, the, I would say the being bold with in, insulin episode is very helpful and encouraging. It just kind of helps get you over that fear mm-hmm. of, you know, you know, don't stack insulin because, you know, the doctors make it sound like, you know, you stack insulin, you're going to die. And that's just, that's just ridiculous. Mm. But, um, 
I think the the first thing that helped the most was the, the talking about pre-bolusing and and learning. You know, I learned some about well, you can you know bolus before your meal, but I'd spoken with a diabetic educator, and she's like, yeah, no more than ten minutes. Right. And uh, you know, if I did ten minutes, it wouldn't help now. I'd be I'd be at two hundred after every meal. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm actually you're making me think to look at Arden's blood sugar. And so Arden, yeah, Arden texted me at, almost exactly an hour ago. Her blood sugar was 123. Um, we pre-bolused 15 minutes before she ate. I also did like some crazy extended bolus today and a bunch of other stuff because I because there were so many things in her lunch that had the possibility of impacting her blood sugar at the same time I wasn't sure if she was going to eat so I did like a 50% temp basal increase for 90 minutes I did like a nine and a half unit bolus but I gave 40% up front stretched the other 60% out over an hour and her blood sugar is looks like it went down to 95 half hour after the bolus and it's one it's still 120 right now so I'm not 100 I'm at a tipping point now I'm not sure if the rest of the insulin that's gone in over the last like 20 minutes is going to stop this or if I'm going to be short but this is a meal with um, yogurt, a full-size banana, two Oreo cookies, special for Halloween with the uh, extra bad for you orange frosting. Um, it, there's <laughs> grapes, a sliver of a bagel with butter on it, and a small bag of Doritos, ranch style, I think. Uh, so as you can tell, there's you know, it's a it's a weird hodgepodge of food. So. Um, if I would have pre-bolused that 10 minutes before, I think her blood sugar would probably be over 250 by now because of how small. Oh, yeah. Is. Yeah, how quick it would right. be. Right, yeah, it, with grapes and Oreos involved. Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, and so, okay, so being bold with insulin, trying not to trying not to be too scared of insulin, um, getting together the idea of pre-bolusing, um, then how quickly did it become apparent to you that you wanted to like get involved in some of the diabetes technologies that were available? Oh, it's extremely quick. So, you know, I'm a, as I mentioned earlier, I'm an engineer, so I'm a gadget guy, you know, I'd like technology and, and, you know, very first, whenever I was in the hospital being diagnosed, I was like, is there, there's gotta be a better way, you know, I'm sitting there thinking through it, you know, like mm-hmm. surely there's a way for me to be able to see this in, in near real time. And, and so I found the Dexcom probably within a couple of days after leaving the hospital. Okay. Um, and, but the then I was also, got? go ahead. You got a CGM first or did you do what I got? Month? I got the CGM first. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. So I got the CGM a little bit less than three months in. Um, and I, so I'd met with my, my endocrinologist and, you know, in back in May and he said, well, and we'll have another appointment in three to four months. And, uh, and then you'll, at that point in time, we'll talk about what pump you want to get on and, and what CGM and all that. And, and so that would have put me at the very end of August. And, and I was like, I'm not, I don't want to wait. Mm-hmm. So I started inquiring and I, you know, checked all my insurance information and, and I had him submit, I just had him submit it to the doctor's office for a request. So I said, well, we'll see what he, we'll see what he does. Yeah. And I, I think that's a big thing for for people, you know, I hear a lot of people on both your podcast and online, the other parts of diabetic community that, you know, my doctor isn't giving me this or my doctor isn't giving me that. If you show your doctor that you've got this and, you know, and you prove to them and you just come at them with, 
with the confidence and in the, the track record, I think they're much more willing to work with you uh, because because they've got confidence in you as well. Right. And so I think if I had gone into my first appointment all lackadaisical and you'd be like, oh, yeah, I think and, and I hadn't done my research, I think he probably wouldn't have approved anything until at least my next appointment. But I had I went in there with. Gosh, you know, I I had charts and plots and <laughs> you Ross wrote the, them, did you? you, you <laughs> oh, I had all kinds of stuff, and and he was like, you know, he was he was impressed as uh, for a newly diagnosed diabetic, and so I, I think that went a long way in getting this stuff approved. And I actually, so I got the Dexcom approved by him before our next meeting, and he actually approved an insulin pump me before ever seeing me again or ever seeing another blood sugar log from me. Wow. What, what pump did you end up getting? Uh, the Omnipod. Oh, we'll probably insert the ad right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't yeah. know that, but that's really cool. Hey, um, can I just just go away for one second to ask you? So you're like 32. I just dropped right. in a, a very, very strange, obtuse Ross Perot reference. Are you too young for my Ross Perot reference? I'm too young to understand oh what you're talking about. I know who Ross Perot oh is. Oh, my God. But I I feel, uh, Jonathan, oh, you've made me feel terrible about myself. I, <laughs> oh, I, I feel like, see, when I hear you're 32, you feel like, to me, like you're like my age. But you're not. I'm 45. And so just for anybody, I guess, who's not listening, Ross Perot was a little tiny man who came off very oddly while he was running for president one year. And at some point... They brought out all these charts and graphs and whiteboards, and and he just started diagramming how he was going to be president. And I think it's possible that if people could have gotten past how insane he looked, uh, and had he not picked some really wacky guy as a running mate, maybe he would have been taken more seriously. But when I said you Ross Perotum, I meant with the graphs and the charts. And now I'm never saying that again. So thank you very much. For... <laughs> yeah, make sure someone's over 40 before you make a reference. Just really, I'm going to go through the rest of my day fairly heartbroken, Jonathan, because of uh, how old you are. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. I felt, I felt the so... only thing I remember about Ross Perot is, is from probably uh, Saturday Night Live skits. Isn't that something? We might have to name this episode Ross Perot. I don't know, but, but I do want to help you know, get your name into it. Too. Uh, okay, so, wow. All right. So you got an Omnipod, which is cool. Um, and how long you've been using the pump now? Uh, just about two months. What's uh, yeah. The, yeah. What's the difference between managing with a Dexcom with the injections and managing with a Dexcom with a pump? Well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm tall, I'm slender. I've got a high metabolism. I'm, my pancreas still does a little bit of work, so I'm very sensitive to insulin. Um, so what made me the most angry about uh, injections was I was constantly, I, I couldn't do anything but give a full unit. Okay. And so if I was teetering between a unit, I either had to not eat that or I had to just you say, okay, well, I'm going to give the extra unit and I'm going to have to add in 12 more carbs. Um, and so now I can tailor the insulin to the food instead of trying to tailor the food to the insulin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you are, you are making adjustments. Again, I heard you talking about, you know, it's such a bad word, stacking insulin. But so if you give yourself a bolus... Uh, before a meal, and you notice yourself, where where do you bolus again? What what where do you have to get over before you think you missed on your meal time balls? Like what what blood sugar? Yeah, so this is where you've helped out incredibly. So if I, you know, if I go and I eat something and it's something I haven't had before, and then I'm 
you know, maybe 30 minutes after I eat, I see that I start to see it on the CGM that it's, that it's ticking up. I just watch the angle of that line. And if the angle of that line, I mean, I don't care if it's 130, if it's 130, but it's heading straight up, um, I'll give myself another half unit or another, you know, my correction factor is 160 to one. So it's, so I'll give myself a half unit maybe, uh, just right then. And, and that's the, the freedom of the CGM is I can do that. And I don't have to worry as much about going low later because, I can see it coming down and I can catch it. So is your thought process the way I've described it or have you found a different way? Are you trying to stop the arrow with that half a unit? Right. I'm trying to turn the arrow and, and so I do that mostly through a little bit of extra insulin, but a little bit of cardio. So, you know, what, you know, if I go downtown here and I, you know, I go have lunch and, and I see that as I'm coming back, I will, I'll, I'll give myself an extra half unit on the walk back from wherever I ate. And I'm on the 16th floor here. So instead of taking the elevator, I'll take the stairs and it's amazing what just taking those stairs will do. I mean, like if, especially if I get caught in a high, like I'm 220 and I just can't get the darn thing down. I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give a correction and I'll sit in there. I'll be working and still nothing's happening. So I'll give myself a little bit more, still nothing. I'll go and I'll just walk down the stairs and walk back up them. And it's like that insulin becomes magic and yeah. it just starts working. But it's, it's true. I don't know. I, I hope they're still doing it, but uh, t- uh, two diabetes does this thing called the big blue test every year. Hopefully they keep doing it where you go on and you log your, uh, your blood sugar. Then you do 15 minutes of, uh, of activity and then you log it again to show what, what a little bit of exercise can actually do to your blood sugar. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic too. And you know, I, very ironically, while we're talking about this exact thing, Arden's blood sugar is we're we're diagonal up an hour and ten minutes after she got bolus for uh, for for lunch. So I got I got um, told by the Dexcom when she hit one thirty, and so uh-huh. and now we're gonna bolus a little more to stop the arrow. She's diagonal up right now, but we're gonna I'll bolus enough for the overage. I'll assume. Another twenty or thirty points are going to still happen before the insulin starts working, and so I'm going to have her bolus to try to compensate enough for probably like fifty points of blood sugar plus stopping the arrow. And so, you know, everybody that amount of insulin would be different for everybody, but um, it's 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 quite literally happening at the same time we're talking about it, which is is kind of interesting. Um, yeah, and if she if she is one thirty diagonal up, she's on Dexcom, she's probably actually already at 145. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you would assume, right? You're, you're behind a few minutes, plus the body, mm-hmm. everything's behind a little bit, um, and then it's going to take time for the insulin to start working. Blah blah blah. Um, right. You know, and and this is you know one of the downsides of of texting her at school, which is there's not many of, but at the at the moment, she's not seeing my texts, so yeah. I, I'm doing the uh, you know the hello texting, so that by the time she she actually sees that I'm texting her. Um, and and here this is interesting, Jonathan. I'm have to cut this out later. No one ever calls my house, but it's happening right now. And it's actually my it's my wife who never ever ever calls me uh, because we've been married for a significantly long time. Um, so <laughs> do you need to take it? No, no, no. I'm texting her. Um, okay. And, and so uh, I'm assuming 
you know, to, to piggyback off of your joke from earlier, I probably have cancer. She's reaching out to me in the middle of the day. Uh, she's found out from a physician ahead of time and she's calling to let me know. There's no other reason she would call me unless it is about my kids, who she does appear to care about uh, more than Okay, no way here. She's texting back. Okay. And she's a delightful person. I shouldn't be uh, joking about her. Well, at least she cares about you. I, I don't know that. She could just be checking on any number of things right now. I'll have to... Uh, I'll have to remember when I put the episode together to, to, to tell people what she actually called about. She, so. She's actually checking on the dog. It could. You know what? <laughs> if I told you about my morning this morning and that dog, I would cry. And, and thusly, I cannot tell you. But it was, <laughs> it was to say a comedy of errors is not, is not nearly – it's not nearly it, – it, it wouldn't cover. If we have time at the end, I'm going to tell you. It's a horrible story. Um, I'm sorry. I'm still texting Arden here. Um, no worries. No, no, I appreciate it. All right. So now here, this might be interesting for people. I've texted her enough now that my anticipation is is that whatever's going on in her classroom is just not um, – it's not allowing her to hear her text messages. So I'm going to ring her phone once. And not, not, not let a call go all the way through, but I'm just going to let it ring a couple times and hang up and see if that doesn't <laughs> grab her attention. Now, if this doesn't work, the next trick is, if you have an iPhone, mm-hmm. is find your iPhone. Find my iPhone, if you've ever I've seen that app. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That sends a, a hellacious noise through anyone's phone. <laughs> that, that she can't ignore. And, and that she really doesn't appreciate. So Yeah, um, I believe that. Yeah, yeah. And then later she'll be like, oh, that thing is so loud. And I'll say, well, you know, you, you got to be aware of your text messages. And she'll be like, yeah, 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 whatever. So let's see what happens here. Jonathan, you need to get her. You need to get her an Apple Watch. You know she won't. She wouldn't wear one. Um, oh yeah. You know my wife got one at one point through. I forget how, and we, my wife put it on. She didn't really enjoy it, uh, so uh-huh. she gave it to Arden, and Arden wore it once and said, "I am not going to wear this. This is not for me." And I was like, "Okay." Um, once she did go to a football game with a, with girlfriends and we put the watch on one of her friends because mm-hmm. her friend was like, I would wear it. And I was like, okay. So I stuck it on her and I said, if you know, you see me texting and she's not answering, you know, like smack her in her head and tell her, <laughs> and tell her to pay attention. That actually worked really well. What Arden apparently needed was, um, <laughs> is a, is a really conscientious friend to walk around behind her and receive her text messages for her. Okay. That's all you got to do is just hire somebody to follow her around. You know what? You got it. Yeah. And if I, but if I had extra money to hire somebody, I would have hired somebody to take these dogs uh, <laughs> to a farm. No, I'm just kidding. But, but this, this morning was really something. I said, now we've sent the message. This is interesting. So now we've sent the message. And ah, here we are. What she says. In all caps? No, no, she, she, she <laughs> saved me from that. But there's still, I'm told her to bolus. I said 0.8 at this point because I added another 0.1 just for the amount of time it's taken. And then I said, bye. Dad, now my calculator is going for my locker too. Uh, that is actually on the coffee table. She's been having stuff disappearing from her, uh, from her locker. And, uh, and she lost like a notebook and a book and everything. And now there's one thing that she actually just left here at the house. And I think she thinks someone's just, <laughs> just screwing with her at school. I'm not 100% sure that they're not, by the way. Um, but anyway. All right, Jonathan, I'm sorry about that. Most of that will get no edited out. Um, I am super interested to know 
how old your children are and how this has affected them and if they are wondering about themselves now that you have type one. Yeah. So I've got, my kids are uh, four, six and uh, my four year old, he's very, uh, he's very much a free spirit kind of person. So, you know, he knows I've got diabetes and, you know, he'll make a comment every now and then out in public, like, uh, you know, but he doesn't really understand it, you know, so he'll, we'll be like uh, checking out of the grocery store and, he told he told the uh, he told the checkout lady. He said uh, he said, "Oh yeah, these are these are for my dad. He has blood sugar." <laughs> there you go. And, she, and she goes, "Well, that's good." <laughs> She's like, "I don't care, kid. I make a very little bit of money to ring these people up at this place, and I really want to get out of here." Um, well, he's not calling you Wilford Brimley or anything like that, is he? And like, now that would be an old reference. Uh, yeah, you lost me there too. I got to. I have to get better jokes, Jonathan. Is what I've learned right now. Uh, but it, but so he's comfortable talking about it, and you know, and I'm also assuming that it makes you wonder what else he's blurting out when you're not with him, probably. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. My, yeah, mom, my mom says we, my dad's annoying. <laughs> Just, <laughs> yeah. We had a, uh, or my older son, I'll tell you something about him in a second, but he had a teacher last year. And at the beginning of the year, she told us, uh, I won't believe everything your child says about what happens at home. If you don't believe everything he says about what happens at school. <laughs> That just sounds like an agreement of ignorance. I think what she means is once or twice I'm going to whack one of these kids, so I'd like you to overlook it. And if you'll overlook that, I'll overlook that your your kid says that your wife is too friendly with your neighbor. <laughs> I think that's just an agreement of ignorance, but that's funny. Uh, I got a good laugh out of it. Good, yeah, that's that's very funny. Um, but my uh, so the four year old, he's he's more of a free spirit. But the uh, the six year old, he's like me. He's very Type A, mm-hmm. and uh, and so he he pays very close attention to it. He'll he'll ask to see my phone so he can look at my numbers. Uh, my wife follows me on Dexcom, uh, follow. And so I'll want to look at her phone and see what my blood sugar is. I'll, um, uh, gosh, he'll, you know, he'll, he'll ask me, he'll just ask me randomly what it is. And, and then the other day we were out at a restaurant and, uh, the waitress is telling us about the special and then she goes to walk away. And my, my six year old goes, um, excuse me, uh, you didn't say how many carbs are in that. <laughs> <laughs> like he expected the waitress to know how many carbs were in the special. Right, right. And he was very concerned uh, that that if I were to order that, that I wouldn't know. That's excellent. And uh, so he's always worried about me, but in a good way. He's yeah. not. I don't think. I don't think he dwells on it. Not over. He's not. He's not sitting in school right now wondering what your blood sugar is. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's. I mean, that's not. Listen, it's nice, and it, it sounds like it's part of his personality to wonder about things like that. Um, and so it makes sense for him to, to be interested and, and, and it's nice of you to be, uh, sharing it with him. You, you know, like, I think that's great because the more, you know, the more, I don't want to say normal even, but the more a part of your regular day it is, the, the, the less it'll seem obtrusive to him and maybe to you. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, and I think that's a big part of what we do here is just try not to, you know, as best we can not to give the diabetes power over our, our moment to moment lives, you know, not, not to spend uh, any more time thinking about it than possible. And I know sometimes because we, you know, on the podcast or on the blog, you talk about it, 
in sort of long form so that people can understand that it sounds like more time's being given over to it than if you were here, you would actually, you'd probably be amazed at how, how little we talk about it or deal with it here. So, I mean, I think that's a good goal to have. Yeah. With the, with the pump and the CGM, it really has taken out a lot of the, a lot of the thought process to me. Um, and, and that, and that I don't, uh, I, I still look at my CGM a lot. I mean, you know, 30 plus times a day, but it's just a glance and yeah. to say, okay, yep, everything's still good. And then I can ignore it for another 30 minutes. Right. Yeah. And hopefully, I mean, you're early on still, but hopefully the advancements in the technology are such that that feeling continues to be, um, it continues to grow for you and, and things get easier as time goes because of the technology with any luck. Um, and even when it, you know, even when it needs something, Excuse me. This morning, uh, this morning is such a great example of how it doesn't need to take up a lot of time. I woke up, I guess around six thirty. Harden's blood sugar was like one forty-five, and I was like, "Why is it? Why is that happening?" You know. So I was like, "It's the." I, I'm starting to think I'm walking towards her. She's had a cold. It's the back-to-school cold she's had. I thought that was kind of over, and then I realized when I got into her room, you know, this might be coming up on on time to change her insulin pump. Except mm-hmm. I completely flaked on it. So if you, you know, it's good for people to know that at some point it won't overwhelm your life. You know, people are always like, well, you know, do I change it as soon as it's expired or here, here? I, I had let it go. You know, the Omnipod has an eight hour, um, like, like kind of like courtesy time after the 72 mm-hmm. hours it works. I was through all that. Like I was right up to the end. So I think her blood sugar was going up a little bit because of uh just it was the end of the infusion set and they they sometimes they don't work as well at the end sometimes i would say that i wandered downstairs grabbed insulin at a pump i grabbed you know the things i use to change it as i'm cruising back through the you know the living room i turned a warm water on on the sink upstairs before i went downstairs i clean you know i took a clean cloth i put warm water on it we don't um prep ardent sites with anything except warm water so i uh-huh. i cleaned a site and swapped her pump I don't even think she was completely awake by the time I was finished. The entire thing couldn't have taken more than five minutes, and that was with walking up and down the steps. And, right. and it just takes up such a, a little amount of time. And I doubled some uh, basil to kind of deal with the pod change and with the high. I gave her a bolus. It needed one more bolus this morning, and her blood sugar was like, you know, it was 120 before lunch. So, it, you know, in the beginning, you know, for people who are listening, I think that these moments, these like, you know, using the technology. I think they take more time. Sometimes there's anxiety involved, you know, with just the switching of them. It feels like it's going to be that way forever, but it's not, you know, especially when you're dealing with children. At some point, they get very accustomed to it, and it's not such a big deal. And you get accustomed to it, too. It doesn't seem like such a a slog every time it happens, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's just at first, man, it was, you know, trying to calculate everything out and, you know, also having to try to shovel down 3,300 healthy calories a day. Yeah, that's <laughs> that, I mean, it was, I was, it was two plus hours of my day every day that was just gone. Easy. But now Bolus it's much thing. smaller. Yeah. Did you put the weight, were you able to put the weight back on? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Within about three months, I was, I was back up to the weight that I was pre-diagnosed. Because you're still lean at that weight. I mean, that's, oh yeah. 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 No, yeah. yeah, no kidding. I think the Phillies played the White Sox last night and the, the White Sox pitcher came out and it was like some crazy, you know, inches taller than you, but, the, but your weight. And I remember saying to my son, like, that guy only weighs like, you know, 10 or 15 pounds more than you do. And, and yeah. my, you know, my kid's like, you know, just about six feet tall. I was like, he's six inches taller than you at the same weight. 
Uh, and that's, you know, you just have that frame, I guess. Like it's, it would be difficult for you to add too much weight, I guess, at this point in your life. You know, I've, I've indirectly tried by just eating poorly and not working out (laughs) and it it never really added more than a couple pounds Uh, here and there. Making a lot of friends now, aren't you, Jonathan? (laughs) Yeah. 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 I always get a lot of nice smiles. Yeah. I, I've known people like that in my life who were just super thin and it didn't seem like anything they ate would affect their, their overall, you know, how they looked visually. I don't know their health, but you know, visually. Right. They, yeah. yeah. They could be on the precipice of a heart attack, right, but right, right. you know, they, were, they look they, great. They look great in the casket, I guess is the saying, right? <laughs> so. Right. Okay. So kids are handling it well. How involved is your wife or, you know, you said she's following you on decks, but is she, I mean, do you ever see her look over and say, I think that's three more units than you just guessed? Or does she stay out of it pretty much? And how do you feel about it? Uh, she stays out of it for the most part. And really, that's what I'd like. You know, I, I, just because, I mean, she is extremely, extremely supportive. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I just I'll put a plug in here that I, I really married up. Yeah. And uh, just blessed to have her and, and, and the kids that I have. And she... She does such a great job handling the kids and handling the household. And, and that's, you know, I, I try to not add one more variable uh, to what, what she already deals with. So I like to handle it for the most part. And, you know, as you know, it's not always just straight calculations. It's a little bit of an art form. And if you're not, uh, if you're not making those decisions every single day, uh, then you're, not, you're just not going to get it. And and I don't expect someone to get it that's not involved in it day to day. Yeah, it's it's difficult. Hey, listen, I just thought of a question I want to ask you that you should feel literally no pressure to answer. You could just say, oh, Scott, I'm not comfortable answering that. But I've never asked this before, um, but you're in a unique situation and you seem like you have the right kind of temperament for it. So um, how is uh, sexy time with diabetes? Do you need to eat first? Do you need to, I don't know, how do you feel having on the devices is, has it, are you just a guy and it doesn't matter to you? Could you, could you do it with a bear trap on your foot and none of that matters? Or, <laughs> Cause I'm now I'm sitting here thinking, I don't know that anything would really change it for me, but maybe it does. And, and so I'm asking if you're interested in answering. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Uh, the question doesn't bother me at all. Um, no, it hasn't, hasn't affected anything. Um, all's been good, especially, I mean, that's one of the beauties of the Omnipod. Um, you know, no tubes, no having to disconnect for things like that or showers or, you know, anything else. It's just, it's there and it's relatively, uh, small on you. So it doesn't, doesn't get in the way of any activity really. Right. do, Um, Do you need carbs first? Like, is it one of those things that you have to think about prior or, or it hasn't been an issue? Or, or have you been no. have you been married long enough that you don't know the answer to any of my questions? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't. Uh, no, it doesn't. It doesn't really affect my blood sugar. Okay, uh, that's interesting. Um, cool. I appreciate you doing. I just I was like, God, I've never asked anybody that before. And I guess I'm mostly talking to the parents of little kids, which is I guess right. why, <laughs> right. why yeah. I've never asked that before. But um, it just it was interesting to ask, and and because I think. And really, as I not to go back over something I just said, but as I was asking you, I really did think maybe this is a better question for like a female because 
I am trying to now picture some scenario in my head that could possibly ruin sex for me, and I literally can't think of any. So I, uh, <laughs> us, us men are pretty simple beings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, your mom's in the other room with a with a pastor and and everyone you went to school with in sixth grade, and I'd be like, I don't know, I think I can still do it. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, maybe it's not a great question for you. All right, I'm going to save it for a girl. Um, that's fantastic. So, what moving forward? I mean, this is. I mean, I guess you're expecting your your honeymoon period to end. So, are your short term goals just to try to meet that head on when it happens? And are you? I, I'm assuming you're making adjustments to your pump settings and things like that when they're necessary. Are you seeing it happening yet, or not yet? You know, I thought. I thought I was seeing it about a week ago. Um, we went out of town um, to San Francisco, mm-hmm. uh, just kind of a weekend getaway from the kids. And and I just I was fighting high blood sugars from the moment we got there. Uh, not anything crazy, but just it was hard to bring them down. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought, you know, maybe this maybe this infusion site was going bad. It was near the end of it, so you know, I replaced the pump. Air travel. Air travel, yeah. I have to ask somebody who would know. I don't know if that has any effect or not. I've never seen that with Arden before, but but okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. It, it can. Mm-hmm. It, so it, you know, it can. You know, you go to do, you're up at a different altitude, and so the pressure's different, and and so you can develop air bubbles in the pump and things like that. But I think it's more of a problem with larger reservoirs and longer tubing, and so then the Omnipod doesn't have either of those. Right. Maybe that's why I haven't seen um, it. But yeah, and so you know, also you know, you're on vacation, you're eating food you don't normally eat, and you know, San Francisco's got some great food, so yeah, uh, I think that probably had something to do with it. But even when I got back, I was battling it. But this, as of like three days ago, I just it went back in the zone, and everything's been great since. Right. So just a fluke week, I guess. I don't know. What do you keep with you when you're out on the street in your day to day life? Do you have some sort of fast acting? What's your go to fast acting? Yeah, I just keep glucose tablets. They're, you know, they're a tube fits in your pocket, easy. They're, you know, measured. It's super simple, mm-hmm. and uh, I like the orange flavor. That's that's what I go for. But yeah, I always just have those in my pocket. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just, it, you know, I, I I always think of kids with like juice boxes and stuff like that. But you don't have a juice box with you. So. Yeah, I've only I've only had one juice box since uh, since being diagnosed, and. Uh, and that's because I was like, I hear, I hear juice boxes are good for treating lows. And, but, yeah. but my thought on that is I try, um, I try to make as small of a correction on a low as possible. Sure. You know, I don't want to, if I drank a whole juice box, what is it, 15 to 20 grams of carbs um, on a lot of them. And, you know, a lot of times I'm just like 65. I mean, that would that would shoot me up well above a hundred and, yeah. you just and I don't want to, I don't want to be there. I yeah. want to be back at 85. Right. You're looking for a bump. What's the, uh-huh. um, but have you had a scary low or something that panicked you? Uh, not real. I wouldn't say it was real scary. Um, I had a, I think the lowest I've had is like a 52 yeah. or something like that. And that was pretty soon after diagnosis. And I was still on higher basal rate, you know, so I started on a basal rate of like 15 units a night, uh, just based on my body mass calculations or whatever they use. And, and I'm down to six units uh, for basal right now. 
Um, and uh, even down to four on the weekends because I'm way more active with the kids and wow. soccer games and things like that. Yeah. So you really just aren't using very much insulin at the moment, and you are. I'm re- I'm really not. Yeah, and I'd be interested to see if that changes or if you just have a if your sensitivity is like that. I wonder. Yeah, I, I I always I've always kind of said that, and but then my primary care, she said, she said, well, you are really lean, and you've historically had a really high metabolism based on you know your height and weight and everything else. So you might just require a lot less insulin right. uh, over you know compared to some other diabetics, and uh, and so that might be the case. I don't know. Do you have any um, plans of doing trial net for your kids? I do. Um, so I, my four-year-old is—he's used to uh, blood draws and everything else. He has a rare lung disease, and so so he's had you know twenty, thirty blood draws in his in his four years, mm-hmm. and and so I don't think that'll be a problem with him. Uh, but my my six-year-old, he does not like to have blood drawn or even his finger pricked or anything like that. So. It's more of a how much do I want to fight it, and what's the medical technology right now to what can they really do if the answer is yes? And I know there's some things out there um, that they've been working on, uh, you know, to help maybe delay the need for insulin. Mm. But overall, nothing's out there that's preventing it. Yeah, I think it's a it's just an interesting question. Everybody thinks of it differently, and so I like to ask it. I know that. I, my son was, I want to guess he was about 10 or 12 years old. And I feel like while he was getting a flu shot one time, I reached out and had to grab his hand because I was pretty certain he was going to punch the nurse. So <laughs> I, I just, I was like, no, 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 everybody be calm. Uh, and, and as good as Arden was with needles for such a long time, she went through a thing a couple years back where she almost couldn't bring herself to get her blood drawn anymore after doing it for so long she sort of had this like sudden needle anxiety that just came uh-huh. over and she's slowly getting away from it again she's been she was okay um she gets her blood drawn once a year you know so uh this last time it got it started to get the better of her again the time before she did okay so it's interesting it's a real slow process and she's she knows it doesn't you know she knows what it feels like i don't think she thinks it hurts particularly bad but she just she gets she gets very funny and sarcastic during it, and uh, I have to tell the nurse. I'm like she she might curse in a way that you don't expect a little kid twelve year old to curse. <laughs> That's the one time she's allowed to get away with it. Say, hey, you know what? I don't want to I don't want to overshare, Jonathan. But we we don't have a a, a real big uh, the cursing thing's not too bad here. We don't we don't mind it too much as long as it doesn't happen outside of the house. Um, we're, we're we're okay with it. I think Arden would shock a couple of truck drivers in a in a parking situation. <laughs> well. I, you know, on the trial net thing also, I, you know, I, I look at it as what, you know, how's it going to change what I do? I know all the symptoms to look for. Right. Um, is it going to change anything about our day to day life or what we, how we go about it? And will that anxiety of knowing just be worse for us overall than better? Um, and, you know, just kind of say, well, when's it coming? Is it coming next month? You know? (laughs) And, and so no, I, I, I hear what you're saying. There's not enough. You don't feel like there's enough of a plan from the doctors of what they would really do. And, and so you'd like to live without without wondering. I mean, you know, Sam Fold was on here and he said he wouldn't 
you know, he's got type one diabetes. And I don't think he has any plans of finding out if his children have antibodies. It's just, you know, it's it's how it occurs to you. I think it's. I don't think right. there's a right answer. You know, that's yeah. really yeah. Good for you. Well. All right. Well, we are coming up on an hour, Jonathan. You, we we ran the gamut here. I think. Um, did we not cover anything you were hoping to talk about? That was a long question I would ask you. Um, I just was gonna. I had a couple things to just kind of recommend to everybody, and and there's a couple books that I think are just invaluable for people to read, uh, whether they're you know taking care of someone with with type one or they've got type one themselves, and and uh, those would be. Um, uh, Think Like a Pancreas by Gary Shiner, mm-hmm. uh, Sugar Surfing by Dr. Ponder, Stephen Ponder, which I know you've interviewed him. Yeah. And then um, I'm just now picked up uh, Dr. Bernstein's Diabetes Solution, and so far it's really good as well. And that is that but a low carb book? Pardon? Is that low carb? Is that what is that who Dr. Bernstein is? He's. Uh, you know that's that's part of his that's part of his strategy, mm-hmm. um, but but he talks. You know, he talks a lot about everything that affects blood sugar. So it's even if you're not somebody following a low carb diet or you have no desire to, I think there's still there seems to already be a lot of good information that you can get out of it. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, that's good. I appreciate that. I uh, yeah, I I didn't know Dr. Ponder until people started contacting me and saying, I really wish you'd have this guy on the podcast. And then yeah. as, as he was talking, I was like, "Wow, Stephen!" I was like, "This is how I do it. I just didn't call it anything." And and he's and he we, he agreed, and and so it ended up being a really great conversation. Just the idea of bumping around your CGM line, trying not to over uh, correct or undercorrect, or you know, like too much, you know, like this whole idea of of just you're you're almost acting like your own artificial pancreas, you know, in some, in some, right. in some odd way. So yeah, just, just kind of keep from riding the roller coaster and yeah, then kind of nudge yourself in where you want to be. Well, yeah, that's cool. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. They're, they're all great books. I mean, um, I think, you know, we earlier on, we had, um, someone from Gary's office actually on the podcast and people seem to love that one too. Uh, yeah. and I can't think of her name off the top of my head now. So, um, but and the other, the, the only other thing I would say is, is if you can get a CGM, if you can get your hands on it, if you, whether you have anxiety over it or whatever it is, overcome your fears and get on it. Cause I think it's invaluable. And the number of people I see on out in the diabetic community that just say, you know, their A1C dropped one to two full points within months of getting on a CGM because you really see what's happening between the finger pricks and it's it, it tells you so much more information no no it's it's absolutely i i will say it here without any argument without the technology we use i, I the best i could do was get arden's a1c into like the mid eights i was terrible at it without the technology i really wasn't very good at it at all i couldn't yeah i mean not that you know if you have a mid eight right now that's not terrible that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is i couldn't move it i mean after five and six years i just couldn't I couldn't do anything. Okay, just no matter what I tried to do without that information of what her blood sugar was doing, how the food was affecting affecting her, and how the insulin worked with it, before I knew all that stuff, I just I couldn't really. It was just difficult, and and I just I couldn't seem to figure it out. So yeah, I right. I, I wholeheartedly agree. Absolutely. Well, I really appreciate you coming on, Jonathan. Thank you so much for reaching out and for everyone to come on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely, uh, you were delightful. You really were. Thank you again. All right. Thanks a lot, Scott. You have a great day. You too. Bye. Come on. How about Jonathan coming on and sharing like that? Let's hear it for him. Clap in your own. I can't really hear you. This is pre-recorded.
Thank you so much to our sponsors, Omnipod and Dexcom, for just getting behind the Juicebox podcast and making this whole thing possible. If you want to know more about Omnipod or their No Tubes Attached program or their special offer that exists from now until June in 2017 for qualified existing Roche or Animus pump users, wow, that's a lot of information. Go to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox. And if you want to use the glucose monitor that you just heard Jonathan talking about and that you hear me talking about all the time here, if you want to get involved in that sort of a situation too and really, you know, start fine-tuning this stuff, Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Get started today. Remember, nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. And next episode, stay tuned. We're going to have three different people, all who use the Affordable Care Act, tell you what it means to them. That's right, baby. Obamacare. Talking about it next week on the Juicebox Podcast.